What's going on, y'all? It's Jared from the Land Young Legends Podcast. Thank y'all for listening to the podcast. Make sure you all subscribe, like, follow, leave a rating. Do everything you need to get the message out by the Land Young Legend Podcast. We appreciate you all listening. Enjoy the show. What's going on, y'all? It's Jared, the Land Young Legend, give you what you need in news and interviews. Today on the show, we got a first repeat interviewee, I should say, Marcus Cummings. Welcome to the show, sir. What's going on? You say I'm the first repeat guest? Yeah, yeah, that's what I call it, a remix interview. Uh, if you go check back on one of our old, I can't remember the episode number, but uh, we just did an audio podcast interview. Um, but this time, we're going to do it on video so we can stream it live to everybody. All right. So this interview is going to be very, very special because this man has so many revenue streams. It's ridiculous. He's a health trainer or uh, what do you want to say? A health consultant. I would say health consultant because I'm more, yeah, yeah. On, you know, education on your diet. Uh, the workouts are secondary. OK. He's a, a author of two books, uh, Yummy Tummy and Quarantine Cuisines. You can buy both of those on uh, Amazon right now. Um, he's a project manager. He is a, uh, what do you would say, a landlord. He has his own <laughs> rental properties. And he's an investor as well as owns two businesses. Uh, one is Mark Naming Productions as well as MD Foods, LLC. Um, so he does a lot. And he's also, on top of that, he's also a sports agent, which is crazy. So let's get uh, unpack this interview and get deep into it. So, uh, Give yourself a little uh, bio about yourself, Mr. Cummings. Uh, well, first of all, Jared, thanks for having me. Um, pleasure to be back. Um, you know, glad to see the progression since when we started. Didn't have the video, um, wasn't streaming. So um, definitely congrats on progression um, over time. So Marcus Cummings, uh, originally from New Orleans, um, have a bachelor's in marketing with a minor in management, um, MBA from uh, Texas A&M Commerce. Um, after that, received my sports agent's license. Um, firm worked with um, Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Jones, Kyrie Robinson, um, Andre Johnson, just to name a few people, Robert Meacham. Um, and from there, transition into getting some project management certifications, PMP, uh, project management professional, CSM certified scrum master, um, ITSM, ITIL, um, and, you know, just over time started to gain weight. Uh, so just in the process of doing the event um, with Trina, you know, made some food for her. She posted it. People start hitting me up, and that's how MD Foods was created. Um, and now, 
just systematically, you know, using my time. That's uh, that's how the eBooks came about. Um, Yummy Tummy Reduction uh, hit bestseller, I believe, in October. Um, quarantine Cuisine came about during the quarantine, and um, that's it. Just an overall hustler uh, now, making my money work for me with uh, the the rental units and investing in the stock market, doing some day trading, some options, just setting myself up for long term wealth, generational wealth, and just trying to retire early. So uh, grinding right now um, to relax down the line. And same thing with with training. It came about through. Um, you know, doing something with Mark Damian Productions, uh, Medicine Lab, uh, needed some help with weight loss. I started working with her. Um, people saw the results. Uh, people just started hitting me up and just turned it into a stream of revenue. So that's the overall summary. Uh, <laughs> or <synopsis. laughs> that's cool. Cool. We're going to break down each one. Um, so first, let's go into uh, your main career. What made you get into project management? Uh, I was kind of forced into, pro well, not say forced into project management, but I was forced into the tra transition into project management. Um, and that's how everything else kind of started with not to go off subject with the real estate and the investments, but um, worked for a company eight, nine, 10 years, however long I was with that company, uh, living in Texas, uh, San Antonio for five years, Houston for about four years. And um, you know, just got comfortable and relaxed and company decided to make some changes. So, um, you know, just started looking at other things, uh, different things I could leverage based off of my current resume and my current experience. And um, a few companies hit me up um, based off of my resume being out there, um, just speaking about project management. And so um, Based off of those calls, emails, interviews, I uh, started to dig deeper into it um, and wanted to get the a credential that would help me secure the biggest bag, even though I never had any official project manage, a project official project management title uh, per se. Um, so decided to get my PMP, um, received it, and the rest is history. Um, was able to leverage some prior experience, the PMP certification, and just build some relationships and break my way into the IT um, sector. And I've been in dealing with IT project, man project management for the past two and a half years. So that's how I got into project management, um, you know, just being comfortable with one company. And then uh, they kind of forced me to um, reinvent myself. Okay, that's what's up. All right, that's a lot right there. So um, let's talk about your, since you brought it up, your weight and transformation. Um, so let's talk about how you began your weight loss journey and how you became um, an author, talking about eating healthy and dieting as well as working out and becoming a trainer. So you can talk about the progression, how you went from just losing weight, hitting the gym, eating right, cooking right, to starting training others, even myself, but I've tr I worked out with you. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, so uh, all that ties to me living in Texas. Um, and so just a, a bit of advice, uh, if you have an opportunity to leave, uh, well, I'm here in New Orleans, but if you have an opportunity to leave, venture off, uh, do it. Um, me leaving New Orleans, um, being uncomfortable, moving somewhere strange by myself was the best decision I ever made. Um, more opportunities, a lot more exposure, a lot more networking. And that's how all this started. So um, 
started making a lot, a lot of money uh, living in San Antonio, left New Orleans about 2010. So, you know, um, by myself, still making friends, but it's different from, you, you know, your, the friends you grew up with, your family, uh, just start eating. You know, I think Wayne's, uh, Rick Ross, somebody made a verse, they say I'm gaining weight. I tell them I'm getting paid. <laughs> so uh, basically, you know, just sitting down, enjoying the money that I'm making, um, spending it, traveling, not really taking care of myself. Uh, and, you know, I came home one Christmas, I believe it was Christmas of 2016. And, um, you know, I joke a lot with my family and my aunt. You know, I had on this, uh, this jean vest and she was like, man, it don't look like you could button it up. And so, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, when I, when I flew back home to uh, Houston, because I was I had moved from San Antonio, living in Houston now, uh, I actually looked in the mirror and jumped on the scale. Um, I said, when you live in life, making money, happy, whatever, you're not really paying attention to that. And I was like, whoa, you know, I'm really big now. I think, what, like 265. And when I left New Orleans in 2010, I was 175. So Man. that's a big, big difference. Yeah. So the journey started there. Um, and prior to that, you know, I had tried working out here and there, um, paying the trainer, but it was just a waste because nobody educated me on eating right. You know, growing up in New Orleans, we party, drink, eat. So it's not a lot of help health and nutrition uh education going on out there so um you know i i don't know what made me think about a healthy diet i think a friend of mine a friend of mine shout out to marcus marcus arsenal um you know i saw him working out he was in houston and he had trimmed up uh so i reached out to him and he kind of you know told me about what he was doing um, high protein and veggies, just cutting out the rice, potatoes, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that kickstarted the journey. You know, I lost about 30 pounds in a month and a half, two months. Um, and I still really wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, and the transition to trainer that you spoke of, that didn't come uh, for, for some time. That didn't happen until just recently, a few months ago, I started um You know creating creating that stream of revenue from uh working people out but um since 2017 in the 16 2017 when i started losing weight other people started seeing it just getting more active in the gym consistently and just through going in the gym you're going to start to meet like-minded people other people that can you know help you along your journey so that's what kind of aided me and going back to you know everything else i do uh, the official um, training situation came about from, um, once again, I, I, I think, where were we at? We were in Tallahassee at a concert with Trina, um, ran into, um, you know, uh, a celeb backstage and, um, you know, just different from, from how I knew this person. So I started working with her immediately and coached her on the diet because I had you know, I'm the product. I had transitions um, and lost a lot of weight. I think at this point I might have been 205 or 210. So I had dropped about 60, 65 pounds. And uh, the first ebook 
I believe was out already. Yeah, Yummy Tummy Reduction. I, I created Yummy Tummy Reduction in 2019. I think I launched it Thanksgiving of 2019. And so backtracking, not to be all over the place, but backtracking to Yummy Tummy Reduction, that came about from when I moved back to New Orleans, um, you know, I used to cook and post on my Instagram, my Facebook, and people saw the weight loss. So, you know, me me being a hustler all the time, um, hey, let me let me bust these meal these meal plans up because most of my <laughs> following and my base they were from New Orleans, and you know, I lived away, so they couldn't really taste what I was cooking. So um, now, you know, it's time to really package it up, make it look official. Um, you know, you got your meal prep containers. I had labels. I had packaging. Um, I had the website. Uh, go to the website, uh, yummytummy.mdfoodsllc.com. Had the website. So everything's official. Everything's legit. Um, but, you know, football, IT project management, all these other things, um, trying to get into real estate, uh, you know, just too busy, have a lot going on. So this is where putting systems in place happen. So, um, you know, instead of me taking time to cook or outsource it, contract people, you know, I just started selling recipes because people from out of town would hit me up and be like, hey man, I, I would love to taste your food. Can you ship it? Just too much hassle for me. Um, and, and once again, it wasn't my main source of income. So uh, for me, if I made 500, 600, even $200, a month uh, from something systematic that I didn't have to personally invest my time in, it made sense. So that's where the ebook came about. Once I created the ebook, took the pictures, photo shoot, uh, the ebook was online forever. All I have to do is promote it, and you know, once again, I'm the I'm the product from the transition. So it, that was an easy sell. So um, with that celeb I wanted to work with, that's how I coached her showed her my results show her and her manager my results um and you know said hey i'm gonna give you the ebooks for free uh, i'm gonna coach you you know we're gonna talk every day this is what you need to eat etc etc um and it took a while for her to really transition because it's hard sticking to a consistent diet but once right. she did uh the results started kicking in within i think the first month of her getting serious she lost like 10 to 15 pounds so it just so happened um, you know, I was in the same city as her because my NFL client got picked up by, by that team, but he was about to get picked up or had just signed with that team. So I flew out there, uh, she and I met up and we just started working out, boom, posted it. And from there, people just start hitting me up, asking me to train them or if I'm a trainer. And so, you know, me, okay, yeah, I'm a trainer. This is what I charge, um, right. let's get pop. And so, uh, first person hit me up i started working with him posting him uh he had his results and the rest was history and so um even with that like i said with, with, with everything i have so much everything else i have going on uh, for me is strategic people are always like when do you sleep how do you make it work so for me it's strategic so for me training i know i have a window before i get up and start my day i'm already in the gym at like 5 30 a.m uh because for one i don't like the gym to be that crowded and um, if, you know, I have a meeting at 8 a.m., I, I want my workout to be done because if I don't work out prior to um, my day getting started, anything could happen and I may put the workout off. So um, strategically, you know, I, I have people come in 
um, between six, six forty-five, and seven, seven forty-five. So I'm only have maybe four or five clients max, but each client is gonna pay me anywhere from three hundred to six hundred dollars, depending on how many sessions they have. So I don't need many. So you take four clients paying average four hundred. You know that's an extra sixteen hundred dollars a month. So I could put that money in the stock, pay off whatever debt. Um, it could be in the account going towards, um, you know, the next down payment on the next property. So, um, you know, I could go on and on about the eBooks and training, but uh, that's how the training situation started. And what makes me stand out why people deal with me, because I'm gonna give you coaching on training. The average trainer, they just want your money. They they give me the workout. Uh, weight loss is gonna be 78, 70, 80% diet and I coach you on your macros, your protein intake, uh, show you those apps you have, you know, unlimited access. Hey, can I eat this or should I do this? What about these portions, et cetera, et cetera. I'm thinking about cheating with a drink. How should I drink it? So, you know, I coach you on all that. So um, that's why, you know, I'm, you know, I'm guaranteeing you results as long as you put in the work and eat right. Wow, that's a lot of unpacking here. Let's talk about your ebook. Um, so what was the process of creating a book or ebook and getting it published? I know you made it look easy because you did it like very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with, with the ebook, and I'm actually, you know, about to create a third one. And, um, you know, a few athletes reached out to me to help them. Um, you know, create ebooks for them. So I'm actually about to, you know, take it to a whole nother level and, uh, you know, start selling content to other people that want to create ebooks. But um, I actually have a team. Once again, we're talking about systems. Um, you know, just over the process of being in business, I understand, you know, I don't want to be a one man show. I'm not the best at everything. And, you know, I don't have time to do everything. So, um, you know, how, how did I meet this, my publisher? Um, I have a publisher. She does a lot for me. Um, and so I'm very hands off. As soon as I create, write the recipes, send them to her, take the photos. She really does everything else. I just look at the finished product. Um, she may send me some sample cover pages or ask questions. But once I write the recipes, send her the pictures, uh, I'm hands off. She handles everything else from creating the ISBN, uploading it on um, Amazon or Apple or whatever it is. Um, and I also have my own site. So same thing there. You know, my publisher works with the person who does my website and they handle all that. So I'm really hands off um, with that. So the process is basically, you know, creating the recipes. Then um, from there, uh, I'm doing the photo shoot. Um, I think Yummy Tummy Reduction, I use my, I didn't hire a, a photographer. I used pictures in my phone because I needed to do that quick. The idea was to get it done by Black Friday to, maxi to capitalize and maximize on the Black Friday sales. So I did it quick. So I just used um, pictures out my phone and she was able to work up magic filters, whatever she did, you know, people really, really couldn't tell. Um, and even before that, I don't know if you remember, I had the cookbook calendar. So that that's how- Yeah, I remember that, yeah. That's how the recipes really started. I had the cookbook mm -hmm. calendar where each month I had 
uh, I think like January, the signature food was cabbage. And so you have your calendar, um, and it's an actual uh, paper hardback calendar, um, had a publisher in San Antonio. Yeah, I made that in 20, had to be 2015. Um, and each month had a recipe. So you had the picture and you had the calendar, just like you post a calendar on the wall, refrigerator, whatever. Um, and it had the detailed recipes with the chef tips, ingredients, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's how really the rest, every, the recipe way it started. I think I made on that, I might've spent about $1,200 on that project and probably made three grand. So for me, that's still a win because that's the difference of $1,800. So, you know, he come on, he came on saying all these streams of revenue, um, you know, just cause people have titles behind their name and they say they're doing stuff don't mean they're making a lot of money. $1,800 off of, uh, you know, one, one week investment was good for me. And once again, that cookbook calendar, I can reprint it and do whatever as long as I want to, I own it, it's my content. So uh, same thing with the ebook, send her the recipes. Um, I think with Quarantine Cuisine, I actually, did I hire someone to do the photo shoot? You know what? I'm tripping. The calendar, I use my phone. Yummy Tummy Reduction, I did hire a photographer. I hired a photographer, um, cooked all the food. Uh, we did the photo shoot. Uh, it was like a three, four hour photo shoot because I had to cook and plate everything live um, and sent all that to her. And like I said, from there, from there she handles everything. Um, publisher, her name Jamonica, uh, 90 Day Legacy Builders on IG. Shout out to her. She'll get you right if, if you need an ebook. I think I you know, introduce you to her and put you on her um, for ebook. So basically, once she uh, lays out the content, yeah. she'll, send it, she'll send it back to me uh, to proof. You know, I'll have some people go through, check for grammar, grammar er errors, um, and, you know, just making sure everything's flowing and, and it looks right, the layout is good. Um, and then from there, send it back to her, give her the green light. And she just works on magic behind the scene, behind the scenes with making sure it fits into, um, you know, Amazon Kindle, make sure it fits into uh, Apple if it's on, you know, iTunes or whatever Apple platform platform is. Um, you can also, I think Walmart has a platform. Uh, Barnes and Nobles ha has a platform also. So she really handles all that and she just lets me know when the release date is. Okay. And I got I got two. I got one of your books. The first book you talking about, Yummy Tummy Reduction, right there on Amazon. Make sure you check it out. You got some great recipes in there, and all the food is good. I've also yeah, that's that's the one that actually hit uh, bestseller, I think, in um, in November. Um, so, and that's crazy because you know um, I had fallen off from promoting them. My publisher hit me up. She like, hey, you know, um, you know, the book is good. Let's let's make it bestseller. So we went on a, a quick like two week campaign, and before the two weeks was over, it hit bestseller. Myself, said shout out, um, and she's actually, you know, working on some stuff now, just based off of uh, that campaign to um, to push it out there even even further. Okay, all right, all right. So let's talk about your since we're still talking about books. Let's talk about your second book, Quarantine. Quarantine, quarantine cuisine. Cuisine. Quarantine cuisines. So what made you want to start that? I know it's been a pandemic when you created it. So what made you want to start that book? 
Yeah, that was just because when COVID hit, everybody was talking about, um, you know, not eating healthy. And the, most of the older folks, um, so to say, were, were um, more, I guess, exposed to the virus and people that were kind of overweight. So, um, you know, we were stuck inside and gyms were closed. So once again, I'm like, man, I really don't have access to the gym like I want to. Um, diet, having a, a nice diet is going to keep me there. And maybe this is content people could use, you know, uh, basic everyday stuff that may already be in your uh, kitchen and using it to um, really still have the same taste and flavor, uh, but lose weight at the same time. Uh, one of the recipes is avocado toast. Um, one piece of toast, um, you can, you know, use your own avocado to, to make uh, guacamole or you can buy store-bought guacamole and uh, I teach you a special made, special way to make the egg in um, very very low calorie um, the the heaviest thing is is the, the toast but I believe um, I I suggest to use wheat toast you can use whatever toast you want um, but you can use that as a snack or for or for breakfast uh, that depending on how much avocado or um, guacamole you use I think that might be um, 200 calories or less uh, so so that's that was the concept uh, just providing people stuff they can make um, from the comfort of their home um, the only thing we were doing at the time was going to the grocery store so uh, that's how the concept came about and I shot that one by myself actually in the rent in the uh the rental property i shot that one here um because i was you know stuck here and um didn't have a photographer and you know people weren't visiting um people at the time so use use this iphone that i'm talking on now so that's how that came about and um the feedback was really really good from that also because people um you know really needed that and once again same process send her the recipes uh take the pictures and she works her magic from there that one's on amazon also um and yeah that's gonna be there forever and now you know um you'll be able to use it forever that content is gonna be there forever If you want to hit a lot of users or listeners on the podcast and you're interested in advertising on Lanyap Tech Podcasting, make sure you hit us up on info at lanyaptech.com. We'll give you nice pricing on advertisements, um, email blasts, whatever you need, social media presence, web di- website design. If you're interested, hit us up on lanyaptech.com. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter at lanyaptech, Instagram at lanyaptech. Anything you need in technology services, we will provide. Okay, cool, cool. As I see, I see we got some comments on here. Uh, give me one second to check it out. So we got lovely TRL. Oh, she's saying great interview. Shout thank out to you. lovely watching. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, something. Oh, that's lovely again. Yeah, big difference. I think we were talking about something earlier when we were talking about something. Um, right now, I can't see the other comments. Something's going on. So I'll come back to those later. So, uh, yeah. So, we talked about your two books. We talked about you being a project manager. Um, we talked about being a health consultant and a trainer. 
So let's talk about you being a sports agent. Um, can you talk about that process of becoming a sports agent? What made you want to get into that industry as well? Um, and how many, if you want to discuss how many clients you're working right now, or how do you go, go about getting clients? Um, well, you know, the sports, I, you know, I, I came up as a youngin, Joe Brown, um, playing basketball, football, um, high school, played basketball, uh, did a little football, um, but they had their favorites, so I didn't really um, stay on the football team in high school, play basketball. Um, and, you know, I wasn't one of those uh, guys that, you know, had this dream I had to be in the NBA or NFL. Um, and, you know, in college, I promoted parties uh, with Big Stan. Shout out to Big Stan. And, you know, a conversation with him, uh, he's a sports agent killing it right now. Um, last draft had a first round pick. This draft gonna have a first round pick. So big ups to him. Um, so just a conversation I had with him because, you know, I came up in the entertainment world under him. Uh, that's how I bought the Indian Productions, MD Productions came about. Uh, so, you know, he, he let me know one of the things he was doing and just told me about the process. I did my own research um, and it just so happened when I was in San Antonio, uh, once again, hustling wherever I'm at, uh, corporate hustling. Um, uh, one of the club owners uh, was a sports agent. He was a, a, a silent sports agent. I had never met the guy, but the main guy who I dealt with, uh, he was like, yeah, you know, all these football players, um, even before I was a sports agent, you know, I had uh, Jacoby Jones come out there to host a party, um, Jamarcus Russell. Um, like I said, just had a a network of athletes that I was still connected connected with. Um, so um, me being a, a hustler, a business-minded person, um, I just started investigating, doing my own research. Um, once again, you know, somebody I knew had transitioned into doing it, um, going away from parties. Um, and once again, same thing going back to um, how I became a project manager. You have to stay relevant keep reinventing yourself and stay on top of things that you'll get left behind so um you know uh, that's how the sports agent way it came about in my research um and like i said at the time i'm living in san antonio making making some nice money so i'll uh, save my money still enjoy life uh so you know i did my research you had to have a secondary degree so when i say that um that means you know not a bachelor's uh a master's or a doctorate or a phd or something of that nature so uh, i just had my bachelor's at the time so um, the company I was working for they had a tu tuition uh, reimbursement program, so they basically paid for 60% of my master's as long as I stayed with the company a year after completing it and uh, made a C or better. Um, and once again, I was making money, so I paid uh, the other 40%. Um, so, you know, no debt. Uh, and even that's how I even went to um, pick you and no, I didn't want my parents to, you know, have major debt. I didn't want student loans, didn't want to take out loans. So instead of me going away somewhere, you know, I stayed at home. My parents worked, uh, did the parties and um, I think I received the top scholarship. So that pretty much covered most of the local tuition at you and no. So I pretty much. Uh, strategically, like I said, everything's a mindset with me. So strategically, I didn't want want that debt. Even when you know I'm, 
I'm dating. Like, how how much debt that we gonna are we gonna take on if, if we get married? <laughs> that, might, <laughs> that might cancel you out ASAP. <laughs> I feel you on that. <laughs> but look, so so anyway, you have to have a secondary degree. Um, from there, uh, you have to go through an application process just to apply. Five hundred non-refundable, so twenty-five hundred to the NFLPA, and um, they go through this strenuous background check, uh, all this uh, historical data, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, if some come back. And, and, and they don't approve your application at 2500 is wasted. So uh, once that comes back good, they'll send you a letter. Um, then they'll send you the CBA, collective bargaining agreement. Uh, you start to study that. Um, that's January. January is the deadline to apply uh, each year. Um, uh, and then from there, maybe it's been so long, um, maybe between May or April, they between May or June, they let you know if you you pass or what. I know if, if they accepted your application. I think April, May, they let you know if you you've been accepted. June, July, you fly to DC and you test. So um, you know, gotta pay for hotel, pay for um, you know airplane, however your transportation is, food, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I can't remember if it's a another fee to test uh but of course it's more money because you got to travel to dc if you're working and doing other stuff gotta take time off work that's lost revenue lost hours from work um and then from there i think they notify you in september or october if you pass then as soon as you pass those agent fees are due so uh whether you sign a player or not your yearly fee is fifteen hundred dollars um depending on how many clients you have and then you have to pay for this insurance that we hardly ever use another 1400 so you're looking at about three grand every year just to hold hold this license whether you make money or not um and uh from there what happens happens if you let the license lapse you gotta retake the test again uh the only way the license will last if you don't sign a player within three years um so yeah if you don't pay your dues on time because you get like they give you a date you get like a week to pay the dues or what have you um if you don't pay your dues or if you don't sign at least one negotiate at least one contract within a three-year period so i got certified in 2015 I, I believe so so this going into my sixth year so you know i've done my own contracts like even, even if you work for a firm or someone or um you know you're just hustling with it you still have to negotiate a contract so um you don't negotiate a contract within three years then you you know you you can't i don't, I don't even think you re- retest within two years um but now um, they have a continuing education program. We had to test about two years ago was the first test they administered. So, um, so yeah, if you don't pass the test, I believe you get one more chance to take the test. And then from there, you may be suspended for a year. If you don't pass, you may have to sit out a year or something like that. But those are the only, only ways that, um, your license will get revoked of course if you know you're not um 
um, negotiating and doing uh, a practicing uh, by the guidelines um, that the NFLPA governs. Um, but when it comes to recruiting, uh, just like any any other service, like real estate, it's relationship based. Uh, nine times out of ten, it's going to be relationship based, um, and, and it's about networking. Um, and but the good thing about it is. You know, just being able to say you're a sports agent, it provides you a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, if you're out there listening, how many sports agents do you personally know? Um, <laughs> so not that many. <laughs> not that many, yeah, not that many just, at all. <laughs> just, just being able to say you're a sports agent, uh, it, it serves its purposes. So going back to what I said at the beginning, just because you hold the title, it doesn't necessarily mean you have immediate revenue or money coming from it it's it's like chess it's a move that could possibly set up other plays or bigger plays down the line just like i said before you know it's at least hit me up to help them with ebooks that may come off of my 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 network of knowing other sports agents that want to provide deals and different things for their players so uh, once again you have to know how to use what you have to leverage it to to make to make revenue and i'm just somebody who sit analyze everything and, and it's just on go mode so but when it comes to recruiting a player uh like i said um you know uh they're scouts uh they evaluate these guys um and they give them draftable grades day one day two day three uh, they wanted a draft that's going to be your first round picks day two that's second to third so basically that's the top 100 guys normally you want to try to get a top 100 guy uh, but you know whole whole another story whole another time uh, this sports business is is a crazy business uh so not gonna get into that um and day three is pretty much gonna be the rest of the draft and after the draft you have your free agent guys um so with the free agent guys they're basically guys who teams think could have been drafted six or seven round, but they didn't want to take the risk on them. So they're going to sign them to uh, the standard uh, contract uh, with the league minimums and um, just give them a chance to make the team. Uh, so um, that's basically the process for the college uh, kids or the college guys that are trying to transition to the league. And once again, you're trying to build the relationship with the kid uh, just to you know, kind of let them know that you're you're different, showing what stands out, what makes you different, and um, really, you know, let them know it's going to be a, a brotherhood, uh, something beyond beyond business. Because nine times out of ten, if the player is good, I mean, he he don't need anybody to 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 sell himself. Um, so, for example, you know, Rolls Royce don't have ads on the TV. They don't right, have like Rich Carlton. Rich Carlton, they got ads on TV. Right, because people, people, won't, people won't automatically go to them. And so that's what a lot of the players have to kind of understand. You know, I can't sell, you know, a beat up Honda to <laughs> a team that's looking for a Rolls Royce. I don't care who you are. Uh, so um, that's just the nature of the business. Um, and, you know, how, how I operate, how I always operate, you know, I'm going to be transparent um, and just provide the best for you. Um, and if you roll with me, you roll with me. If you don't, then it's not meant for us to work. Um, but other, just just uh, to roll it up, recruiting process is basically about networking, getting that first meeting, get, getting your foot foot in the door, building a relationship. And, um, you know, like I said, football going to sell itself. So it's really about 
that person seeing you for who you are and and um it just depends on the person you know some people are in it they just want somebody who gonna get them the most money some people want guys that are about integrity some people want guys that are about family so um you kind of um have to analyze that when you decide who to recruit you you may not want to recruit somebody that's a headache because if you invest that money into them because when you're recruiting these college kids it's very expensive you got to pay for their training uh they in, they're in apartments you're paying for all that while they training for the draft rental costs man that's a that's a big bill even on the low end you coming out of pocket like eight to ten thousand to the high end twenty thirty thousand that's just for training um and you know kids are wanting all type of stuff nowadays and everybody think they that player um and you know just like us um with everyday life you know we see the next person getting this this and this even though we didn't put put in the work and our value is not that do we deserve it so that's what kind of makes the job unique and hard at the same time so um once again definitely don't um regret entering the business uh business has been pretty decent a lot of experience like i said i've worked with you know uh teddy bridgewater jacoby jones etc etc um and uh, i have a few, few free agent guys right now that have that have made made some teams and you know things are looking pretty good from here i'm definitely gonna keep the license as long as i can so the fact i've been in it for about six years plus you know i'm doing something decent to stay afloat okay all right wow you keep you just keep moving and grooving huh? that's what's up all right so uh since i follow you in multiple groups and text messages and facebook um about investing um in the stock market you want to talk about how what made you want to get into the stock market what uh started you getting in that process um you want to elaborate on that uh well with the stocks um my first stock was apple um once again making money san antonio and i don't know what made me start looking into stocks but um really didn't know anything about it but my first thought process was you know everybody keep buying all these iphones apple 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 so that was my first stock and that's probably gonna be my flagship stock forever because you know they're not glamorous but we keep buying the same exact phone over and over and over and over and over and over and over again i watch i have two iphones i have an ipad apple tv <laughs> apple fitness so you know that's basically apple tv what you say i say apple tv yeah yeah that's what i said mm-hmm. that's basically a way of them, uh taking one apple and transforming it into multiple multiple streams of revenue so um that's really how i got into it um wish i had a heavier um and you know since i've been at apple in 2014 i think i've received like a 35 percent return on my on my on my money everything i've invested in apple um for the past six seven years um so historically 30 plus percent returns um and you know i'm gonna always go hard with them um not get me 
to where I want to be the, the fastest, but they provide a, a great return and less risk. Uh, so uh, what made me get into it this this year or last year, 2020 heavy was the actual you know pandemic. Uh, always invested in my 401k and 401k took a big hit when the pandemic happened. So, um, you know, had a call with a friend and he was just like, man, let's try and put this into our own hands. So I uh, decided to invest less in my 401k and just started looking at some stocks here and there, um, started buying them. And then another friend, you know, I saw him posting about options. He was posting $10,000 wins, $20,000 wins here and there. So just reached out to him trying to figure out what that was. And uh, just from some of the knowledge I gained in talking to people and acquiring uh, my first multi-unit uh, last year, you know, I started my own chat group on Telegram. Uh, forgot the name of it, real estate and retirement or real estate and stock or something like that. Um, and it just started to grow, went from about three, four people to about 30, 40 people. And from there, you know, all these different like-minded people throwing ideas, throwing different things. And that's when I just started digging into stock um, and, you know, retirement and day trading uh, further. And, and like I said, the ultimate goal is to, you know, I'm not trying to keep doing all this forever or retire at 60. You know, I'm, I have a 10 year plan. It's 40, 45 when I'm done. I won't have an, enough assets from uh, real estate and stocks to to be able to, you know, live uh, a simple life and, and maintain and keep money okay. in the market. That's going to appreciate uh, same thing with the properties and uh, continue to, to grow my assets over time and live within my means. Okay. Well, we're going to, I got a few more questions about the investing, but uh, I, we got a question in the comments. Uh, shout out to Sal Biden. Uh, question is, what is the competition like for clients? How do you deal with the egos of the athletes? Referring to your sports uh, agent, being a sports agent. Oh man, competition for getting clients is crazy. You know, um, people are always trying to poach or steal your clients. Um, you know, sell them dreams, uh, make them think you they can get them opportunities that you can't. Um, and uh, it's only a, a limited amount of athletes out there. Um, and there's tons of agents. I think last I checked, we might've been at like 1100. This is just football. I only deal with NFL and football. So it might've been 1100. Um, and I think, you know, each year they may bring in an extra two three hundred four hundred so i'm not a hundred percent certain but um just realistically i would say it's probably a hundred agents that have really 50 to 60 percent of, of of all nfl clients just being factual um so it's very competitive it's very tough and hard to get clients and it's hard to keep clients um so so once again, relationships, networking is, is key. Uh, as far as dealing with egos, I mean, hey, it's a business. It's just like dealing with that that customer that walk into the restaurant and 
you know, it's still a customer. You know, you got sometimes you got to take some of this stuff unless they're being extremely disrespectful um, because that's what's paying your bills. So, um, yeah, you know, every every athlete, for the most part, they want that that royal treatment. And hey, you if you in the league, you've you've achieved your dream. So you deserve some type of treatment uh, to the extent. Um, but. You know, uh, like I said, if you're a people person, you're in that industry, um, you already know how to deal with egos. It's, it's, it's something that comes with the territory. I mean, it's agents that got egos. <laughs> I know y'all seen the movie Jerry Maguire. <laughs> this, that's real life stuff. That's not, <laughs> not uh, fiction. It's facts. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So uh, back to investing. So how do you go about uh Picking a stock um, to invest in long term, as well as playing like the uh, short term game using stock options. How do you choose your stocks, and how do you research them? What's your what's your game plan? Uh, I say for long term, like I said, I'm never gonna get away with, uh, well, get away from whatever's around me. Never. Uh, if if you spending on it probably somebody else spending on it it's, it's not that difficult it's not that complicated once again um if you're looking for low risk everybody's shopping at walmart everybody's shopping at target uh even with the pandemic home depot loads they killed it you know the housing market went through the roof so when people building houses they getting stuff from home depot they getting stuff from loads once again your apples these are companies that have been there since for the most part since we were small i know everybody remember the first uh, mac or computer microsoft you know if you have a corporate job even with people without corporate jobs you run into microsoft uh from uh computers um to, to the software um everybody using microsoft teams uh outlook um so you gotta think about what's really around you um because nine times out of ten the person next door is spending money on the same thing so that's that's pretty much where i started that's how i started in the game and uh, once again uh, i'll always continue to uh use that method but beyond that kind of looking at the balance sheet seeing um assets and liabilities evaluating you know what the market price is of a stock versus the book value um the book value is is where the stock actually should be so if the market value is higher than the book value maybe i don't buy the stock right now because it's overpriced so at some point you know it's a drop so if it's a long-term long-term game um you know i'm trying to get it for the cheapest price possible so the biggest thing is not being emotional and being patient so you know it's a it's a it's a long-term game you know you might make um a few thousand dollars that don't mean go take it out spend it or do this that and afford man let that money compound compound interest is the eight one of the world you know over time compound interest can do some some magic for you that's why i say for me a 10-year 10-year game you know perfect example you know you could have about forty thousand dollars um an apple today and if you're getting a 30 percent return over the next 10 years and you continue to put money from the side hustles of your day job in there in 10 years just off of that one stock stock historical 30 percent return you could have a million plus 
So you don't have to wait till 60, 65 to, to have that meal that people retiring on. Um, and you still have your 401k. You still should have an IRA. So you have three different streams to retire on. And then that's when the real estate comes uh, and another stream. So it's ways to set yourself up uh, long term. So long term, like I said, just to uh, piggyback off of that, start with what you use on a day to day basis. Um, and then just do some basic research. Is the company in debt? Who's their management team? Um, if they don't have good managers, um, then nine times out of 10, they're going to run the company in the ground. Um, it's a it's a company, you know, I'm not going to say a name, uh, but the CEO took the stock price from like $100 to $10 um, in a year and a half. New CEO came in um, and stock price already at 40 bucks. So understanding who the managers are and the type of decisions and what they value. You know, the difference between those two CEOs, one CEO was just about revenue, 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 revenue. And this ties back into what I'm saying, where just because you have a title, you in the industry don't mean you have to make immediate money. Whereas the new CEO came in, he's customer focused. OK, what does the customer wants um, and what is what do the employees value? So two different thought processes um, in the stock price has been reflected in um, the new CEO, you know, changing the culture. Okay. So, uh, we, got, we got another question. Marcel Bond as well. He said, when is it too high to buy into a stock? Too high if you, you don't think you could afford it. That's the first thing. Um, but, <laughs> once, but once again, um, I mean, it's, man, we could sit here and talk about this forever. But once again, you have to really understand, know how to value or analyze the stock. If the book value or, um, you know, I guess where the stock has been trading or trading at for the last month, two months, is kind of astronomical or they've had a crazy um, amount of gains over the past week, two weeks, then eventually the stock is going to make a pullback. Um, there are different charts, uh, different indicators that'll tell you, um, you know, if a pullback or a drop is going to come. Uh, like I said, it could really get technical uh, from there. but. The key thing I would say without, you know, being too technical is if it's a good company, in my opinion, it's never too high because long term, you know, the 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 the, the company is going to continue to grow there. They'll be earning. So uh, eventually long term, um, you'll you'll make money. Um, but it's a lot of different analysis you could do. Um, once again, it's too high if you can't afford it. And that goes back to uh, a strategy where, you know, you can be patient. Um, you could save $50 here, $100 there till you have enough to get that stock. Uh, like I said, um, another thing that could be too risky for you is trying to buy too many stocks. Uh, just having a share of this, a share of that when you could double, triple, um, and multiply multiple shares of a few good companies. So, um, like I said, that that question is it has so many ways to answer it. Um, and I know you know we don't really have that much time. But uh, <laughs> once again, um, you know, just being able to uh, analyze the stock from the book value and um, anytime the company has too much too much debt, you really don't want to uh, buy into that type of company.
What's going on, y'all? Thank y'all for listening to the Land Young Legends podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to all our social media outlets, um, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn. We're all over the place now. So make sure you look for Land Young Legends and everything you use. Please subscribe. Please like our Facebook page. Make sure you retweet us on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Right. And just to give you an example of a, a good company to buy into, like uh, Tesla. Um, I don't know if you follow the stock price for Tesla. Tesla, when I bought in, it was a few months ago, I think I bought in around $350, $356. And currently right now it's trading at, I think it's at $140, something $150, something today. Tesla's at $800. $800 is $800? Okay. $800. About eight yeah, so just be mindful. It's always about your key entry point of when you should buy the company. Like if it's a company like Tesla, like we knew they, they, they are like the number one originators of their uh, industry or sector, I should say, in uh, electrical vehicles. EV, yeah. So uh, so Tesla is a good company to invest in because they're the originators, just like Netflix. They're the originators of streaming. So companies like that be good to invest in, especially if they're the first in their field. But so uh same thing with tesla though um and yeah good thing he brought that up so analysts give uh target prices so you know if an analyst comes and say oh tesla's target price been raised to 1200 that 800 price might not be too high i think just today uh one analyst raised uh is it amazon whichever one is is at 3000 and between amazon and google that they got raised to 4000 so uh they're at like 3300 you still gonna make 700 a share and they're a long-term um long-term uh, investment but going back to tesla i mean a lot of analysts really can't validate the, the growth rate <laughs> they're at like a 700 return within the past year so very volatile up and down roller coaster type stocks so you have to be careful with those and when you start looking at the balance sheet, you'll start to see some things. So you can either ride the wave like everybody else or, you know, stick to your guns and, and your fundamentals and your principle because their balance sheet isn't the best. Right, but, I agree. But, but yeah, so uh, same thing uh, with the strategy he used. He got in at three, um, it's at eight. Um, at some point he can pull all his money out, put it into other stocks, or he can continue to ride the wave if you really believe in that company. Like I said, if you be- if you believe in that company, you live by the decision you make. But don't right. but know why you invested in that stock. Don't just do it because everybody riding it in the stock is going up. Yeah, because uh when me and Mark yeah, <laughs> when me and Marcus first started trading. We was living and dying by all the people who was riding the wave, and we lost a lot of money, <laughs> especially in Tesla. Uh, so good. All right, thank you for that response. So all right, so let's get into. We got a few more minutes left, so let's get into uh, real estate. Um, recently, um, over the past year, you bought your first multi-unit property. Um, can you talk about a little bit why you got into real estate and what was the purpose of it? Um. Well. Yeah, it goes back to just kind of, you know, um, having control of your own future uh, and 
finding other streams of passive income. Like I said, um, I just got to a point where I'd rather not physically have to do something um, and, you know, have an asset that's going to make money all the time for me. Real estate is, is that game. Um, and once again, real estate and stock, you making money while you sleeping and real estate and stock, they've made the most millionaires, not rap, not R&B, not sports, real estate has made the most, uh, real estate and stocks, the, the most millionaires. So um, then it's, you know, it's about owning things, being able to pass things on to your, your kids uh, and building um, a legacy, putting your last name first. So, so that's how the real estate wave came about. Um, and, and like I said, you know, just sometimes we, we get comfortable and we allow other people to have control over our lives. So when you have assets, whether it's real estate, stock, um, even if you work in a day job and something happens, you're still good because you have other avenues to create revenue and make money. And I'm not saying, you know, you're not going to have a hard time, but you're going to have an easier time than someone who doesn't have assets. So really, it's just about that generational wealth. And, you know, even if I do have a million, two million, three million, however many million in 10 years, um, real estate will be the vehicle that provides consistent passive income for me. And at the same time, you know, the uh, properties will increase in value. All right. So uh, can you talk about how did you decide to pick the property that you had? Can you talk about the whole process of, of how you used um, FHA loans? How you decided what property to choose um, instead of getting instead of getting a single family home? Why did you get a multi-unit family? Uh, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So uh, strategy, I use FHA federal program um, and, you know, use it as an owner occupant. So uh, basically that means uh, live in one of the units, uh, owner occupant, live in one of the units and the other units are going to pretty much pay the mortgage for me. So uh, this is a three unit. Um, I'm in one of the units right now. Um, and so with owner occupant, you have a year in a day. So if I've Bought the property January 1st, 2020. Uh, theoretically, I'm supposed to live in one of the units through January 2nd, 2021. Then I can do owner occupant again. But you can only have one FHA loan out at the same time. But the good thing about owner occupant is I could go conventional with the next unit and only put down about 5% versus a conventional paying 20% without owner occupant. So basically you're gonna rinse and repeat that cycle for however long you can. So my plan is to at least do owner occupant for a good 10 years. So um, easiest way because the down payment is gonna be the cheapest. You're eliminating your mortgage because the tenant's gonna pay the mortgage for you. Um, and in the year you move out and then you basically giving yourself a raise. Um, and so over time, once again, all of all of those properties, just depending on location, they're going to appreciate in value um, and they'll make money on over time. And it's something you can hand off. Um, so just imagine, you know, having 10 properties um, and on the on the average in each property, bringing you a thousand in profit a month. That's ten thousand extra a month. That's what a hundred twenty thousand dollar job after the mortgage is paid and someone else is paying the mortgage. So um, you have a three unit property. One of the properties pays the mortgage. Um, you living in one, and then 
the other property is, you know, land yap, it's extra. Or even if you're living in one and the other two properties combined pay the mortgage, you have just a little extra, you still don't have a mortgage to pay. So now you have more money to invest into stocks or pay off debt or just enjoy your life. So it goes back to, you know, if you get laid off or something, using this strategy, you don't have to worry about a mortgage. You're just paying lights, water, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, it comes with delayed gratification. Everything I've spoke 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 about today, delayed gratification. That's just delaying, um, you know, instant gratification for a long-term investment and long-term success. Uh, so, uh, once again, FHA only had to put down 3.5%, one of the lowest down payments besides getting a VA loan if you're in the military. Um, so that's the benefit. For example, you have a $400,000 property, 10%, a $400,000 property, that's 40. Just divide that um, by three, you might be putting down, I'm not going to quote me on the map, maybe 13,000 or something on the property versus putting down 20%, which is 80,000. So you just save yourself a good, what, uh, $67,000? Come on, how can you beat that? Just to live there a year, have someone else pay the mortgage. So be uncomfortable for a year or two and just repeat the process. So, you know, and, and it depends if you're married, um, single, married with a kid. Uh, it's just all about what you're willing to sacrifice today to make a better life tomorrow. Um, some people may say, oh, I'm married, too many kids, I can't do it. But do you rather struggle for the next 10 years working multiple jobs just to stay afloat to pay a mortgage or man look the family got to be uncomfortable for a year two years you get you two properties that may bring you um you know three thousand dollars after the mortgage is paid so you have a thirty six thousand dollar raise that you provided yourself that you're using to pay the mortgage you might be struggling to pay so it's all and what you're willing to sacrifice or give up right now for um, long-term gratification. So for me, it's about rinse and repeating, using the same strategy and, um, you know, just building my real estate portfolio and additional cash flow while I'm laying my head while I'm sleeping. All right, that's what's up right there. All right, well, I got uh, one more question for you. Um, in all your business and all your endeavors, um, can you give me name you one of what was your biggest mistake that you ever made and can you tell me how you came back from that hmm. i would say the biggest mistake is not learning how to make my money work for me that's why i'm going so hard with the real estate and the stocks now you know when i was in san antonio making the money i was making um you know i didn't use the money the right way if i did wouldn't be working right now with all the money I was making at that time. Uh, so, so really just not educating myself. Um, you know, once you start making money, you kind of have to, I'm not saying ever turn your back on people, but uh, you have to start aligning with people that have much more than you. And that's one thing I learned from uh, just being in the sports industry. Um, you know, as people really making lots of money and not it's not people directly in the sports industry but people i meet just from being in the sports industry so we, you always want to align with people that you can learn from um and 
some of those people that you meet, like I said, just off of having certain titles and doing certain things, uh, they'll be more genuine than people that you know and provide you some of the best information that'll help change your life. One conversation will change your entire life uh, just based off of the right knowledge. So, so yeah, it's basically, you know, yeah, not using the money in the most effective way to make more money for me because we don't get taught that we get taught savings and this and you know enjoying what we make etc etc and not making the money work for us the money is just like an employee if you have a business you, know, you need it to be working for you if it's just sitting in the savings it's not doing anything for you so you have to find the right vehicle uh whether it's a business um, stocks, real estate, whatever it is. And, you know, you just don't have to jump out here and say, oh, I want to open a business and, you know, quit a job. You know, I, I wouldn't advise anyone to quit a job unless you have a lot of money saved to that's going to support this business because the average business is really not aligned to make money for three to five years. So that's another reason why, especially with the black culture, you somebody will start a business in a year they're they're done because they didn't properly plan or prepare for that business the average business like i said it's going to take a few years for you to start generating revenue that's why um i believe with the irs um after five years you can't if you have a, a llc you have to report a, pro a profit or it's considered a hobby um, so yeah, you have to get a business some time for it to develop. So continue grinding, use the money that someone else is paying you to build your plan. It starts with a plan. Um, and that's how you can acquire the assets off of their money. And eventually you'll be able to walk away and do what you want to do. That that's how I would, would do it. And that's how I am doing it versus just, um, going all in and, you don't have anything coming and you, you really out here struggling. Um, for every success story that you hear where somebody just was like, you know what, I took a chance and I made it work out here. Man, there's millions of other stories where it didn't work like that. So, so yeah, uh, the biggest regret was not making the money work for me. You know, I'm talking <laughs> 80, 70, $80,000, you know, in, in my mid to low twenties where I just, you know, I, like I said, I could retire for now, by now. So that's that's my biggest regret. But once again, it's never too late. Um, that's why I'm doing it now. And, you know, that's the biggest regret. And like I said, I came back from it, from aligning with people that had different things that were, were making different moves and just learning from them. You have to be a student of whatever you want to uh, accomplish or, or open to learning new things and being uncomfortable. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you for coming on the show, Mr. Mark. Marcus Cummings, can you tell people where they can follow you at? You can move the social, social media handles. I put that bottom. It's on, uh, I think it's spelled right yet. So, um, at Mark Damien underscore P R O D, Mark Damien underscore production on Facebook. I'm Mark Damien on Twitter. I think I'm Mark Damien. For my food uh, on IG and Twitter at MD Foods LLC, uh, my website yummytummy.mdfoodsllc. You can Google Marcus Cummings on Amazon Kindle. Both of my books will pop up, or you can Google Yummy Tummy Reduction or Quarantine Cuisine, and you will see 
um, the books pop up, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> they pop up. <laughs> All right. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and if y'all get, get a book, make sure y'all leave a review. <laughs> you only five-star five star reviews. We won't accept anything else. And if y'all related to any kids in college, hit the boy up. <laughs> All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, remember to follow us, subscribe, like, uh, share this video, keep the message going. Um, yeah, be safe out there. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We out. Peace. Peace.